Hello, my rebels. Uh, Justin Trudeau sneaked two orders in council through yesterday. Uh, no big fancy press release, just some notes on an order in council website. He has increased the loopholes for sick people to come to Canada, even if they have a fever and a cough. They just have to say the magic words, I'm a refugee. I'll prove it to you. I'll prove it to you by telling you to, but also by showing you the primary evidence. For that, I recommend you get a premium subscription to Rebel News Plus. Just go to rebelnews.com. It's eight bucks a month, and you will see the documents I show you proving this to be the case. All right, here's today's show. Tonight, shocking news unreported by the mainstream media. Justin Trudeau has made huge exemptions for foreigners with fevers and coughs, but only if they apply as refugees. It's March 27th, and this is The Ezra Levant Show. Why should others go to jail Why? when you're a biggest carbon yeah. consumer I know? There's 8,500 customers here, and you won't give them an answer. The only thing I have to say is the government is going to because it's my bloody right to do so. Donald Trump restricted flights from China way back in January. Trudeau didn't until just this week. In fact, he still hasn't really. Just scrolling through the list of arrivals at Vancouver's airport shows five flights directly from China today alone from Chengdu, Beijing, Shanghai, Hong Kong, everyone's coming. Massive long haul commercial jets packed with people coming from China. No one takes their temperature, no one quarantines them. In fact, once they get off those long haul flights from China, many of them immediately connect onto shorter domestic flights in Canada, flown by WestJet or Air Canada, where they sit next to unsuspecting Canadians traveling on to Calgary or Winnipeg or wherever they're going. So we still aren't taking things seriously. Roxham Road was another problem. For four years, it's been a problem. The worst of the worst in America simply walk over the border. I say they're the worst of the worst because they're already in America, so they're not refugees, obviously. So who would leave America for Canada and not cross legally? The very first act on Canadian soil is to break the law. I remind you, there's a big sign that says illegal entry, and they walk right past it on purpose, and they say they're refugees, and we know they're not. You can't be a refugee from New York. So they're breaking the law, and they're lying, and quite possibly they're running to Canada to escape deportation from America for something already, either having had their bogus refugee claim rejected there, or maybe for committing a crime. So these really are the worst of the worst, and 50,000 of them come in. Seriously, pedophiles have been caught coming across the border with child pornography. Criminals convicted of serious crimes just walk right in. This has irritated Canadians who follow the law, abide the law, no end, including law-abiding legal immigrants to Canada, by the way. And it's one of the reasons why Francois Legault is now the Premier of Quebec. He had the courage to speak out against this sort of mass immigration. So that was obviously a flashpoint, too. Canadians were being told where and when they could travel, shut in their homes, but foreign criminals just walk right in without any health checks. So uh, we kept sending Kean Bexty and David Menzies down there to Roxham Road to do real reporting that no other mainstream media journalists were doing. And I truly believe that Kean and David were a reason why Trudeau felt the pressure to finally shut down that crime scene 
called Roxham Road, and he did. Or rather, he said he did. Today, Canada and the United States are announcing a reciprocal arrangement where we will now be returning irregular migrants who attempt to cross anywhere at the Canada-US border. So that was the big announcement that got all the media attention. Wow, Trudeau must be serious about the virus. He gave up his beloved Roxham Road illegal crossing. I guess he really is putting our country first. That's odd. Except look at this. Look at this. Look at this. This was just sneaked through last night. Not in a press conference, but through a cabinet order posted on the internet. It's called an order in council. Two massive new exemptions to the quarantine laws. You and I have to shelter in place, really, form a house arrest. No going to restaurants, no going to the mall, no theaters, no schools, no playdates for the kids, no non-elective surgeries at hospitals, no non-emergency court hearings. We're all being treated like high school kids with a curfew, but in the daytime too. But illegal immigrants with a fever and a cough are literally and specifically and legally exempted from the ban. I know you don't believe me. I could scarcely believe it myself. So let me prove it to you by showing you. This is straight from the federal government's website for orders in council. In the United States, these would be called executive orders from the White House. Here they're called orders in council. They're just that, orders. Not laws passed after a debate by parliament, but an immediate fiat. It's how Trudeau wants to run the country for everything. Uh, just order it to be so, and it's so. No debate, no consulting with the public, no votes, no input of any sort from the opposition. Just write it, and it's the way. He proposed to give himself this power for everything until the end of 2021, but even his media bailout journalists were shocked by that. So here's order in council number 185 issued yesterday. Let me read, read it to you, or at least some of it to you. Let me start with the part that keeps out people with the virus. Let me read it. Whereas the governor and council is of the opinion that based on the declaration of a pandemic by the World Health Organization, there is an outbreak of a communicable disease, namely coronavirus disease 2019, in the majority of foreign countries. The introduction or spread of the disease would pose an imminent and severe risk to public health in Canada. The entry of persons into Canada who have recently been in a foreign country may introduce or contribute to the spread of the disease in Canada, and no reasonable alternatives to prevent the introduction or spread of the disease are available. Therefore, Her Excellency, the Governor General and Council, on the recommendation of the Minister of Health, pursuant to Section 58 of the Quarantine Act, makes the annexed minimizing the risk of exposure to COVID-19 in Canada order prohibiting prohibition of entry into Canada from the United States. Okay, that's a mouthful, but I think it's pretty clear. That's the why we're doing it. And here's the what we're doing. Let me read some more. Prohibition, signs and symptoms. Section 2.1, a foreign national is prohibited from entering Canada from the United States if they exhibit the following signs and symptoms, a fever and cough, or a fever and breathing difficulties. Okay, great, pretty simple, right? So section two, subsection one says, you can't come into Canada from the United States if you have those symptoms. I think that makes sense. But then look at this, look at the exemptions from that ban. Non-application, certain persons. Subsection one, which I just read to you, does not apply to persons referred to in subsection five two who enter to seek to enter Canada from the United States for the purpose of making a claim for refugee protection. Huh? 
didn't they just announce with great fanfare that they were shutting down Roxham Road? That in fact, they didn't have the ability to treat and quarantine all the virus cases in the world who would just simply show up at Roxham Road and ask for free health care and jump to the front of the queue and be shipped by special ambulance, probably, to hospitals in Montreal or Toronto. I mean, isn't it obvious? I mean, it was bizarre and foolish and self-harming that Trudeau shipped 16 tons of virus masks and other protective gear to China just last month, giving them our whole national stockpile for free. That was insane and dangerous, but I guess you could say Trudeau was still sleeping in February. But now, now that we're all in lockdown mode, now that even Peter Pan himself has realized that things are in in trouble and he himself is self-isolating, though bizarrely he won't take the virus test, which tells me he just wants the sympathy and he just wants to hang out at home and not really going to work. I mean, why won't he take the test? Why did his wife Sophie take the test, but not him? Boris Johnson of the UK took the test. Donald Trump took the test. Trudeau's faking it. But imagine him now saying foreigners can't come into Canada with the fever and the cough unless they specifically say they're claiming refugee status. And in that case, come on in, guys, and go to the front of our healthcare line, guys. But you and me, Canadian citizens, we stay in our homes. We don't go to the hospital until we're at the edge of death because they won't let us in otherwise. And by the way, lose your jobs while you're at it. This is repeated again. Look at this. I'm reading from the, from the order. Prohibition, being outside Canada or the United States. A foreign national who seeks to enter Canada from the United States for a purpose other than an optional or discretionary purpose is nonetheless prohibited from entering Canada if they have been outside Canada and the United States during the period of 14 days before the day on which they seek to enter Canada. Okay, just, that's just a legalese way of saying if you've been to China or Italy or Iran or anywhere else, you can't come in without waiting 14 days first. 14-day quarantine outside of Canada. Unless you say you're a refugee. Look at this. Non-application. Subsection 1 does not apply to a person referred to in subsection 5.2 who seeks to enter Canada from the United States for the purpose of making a claim for refugee protection. Then you're given the red carpet. In fact, unless you say a refugee, you can't come in. You want to come in, just say those magic words and hop on over and you don't have to have the 14-day quarantine. Go to the front of the line, get free health care. Who wouldn't? Would you rather have health care in Mexico or China or Iran or Italy or in Toronto, Canada? Just say, I'm a refugee. Even if you're coming across Roxham Road from New York State. In fact, who wouldn't want to come from New York State itself, the biggest U.S. virus hotspot? And then again, look at this. Prohibition, claim for refugee protection. A foreign national is prohibited from entering Canada from the United States for the purpose of making a claim for refugee protection. Okay, that sounds pretty clear, right? But then immediately after it, there's this. Subsection 1 does not apply to a citizen of the United States, a stateless habitual resident of the United States, a mother, father, or legal guardian within the meaning of the immigration and refugee protection regulations of a person who has not attained the age of 18 years, is a citizen of the United States, and three, who seeks to enter Canada for the purpose of making a claim to refugee protection. So they're letting people make... Well, they're pretty unclear. They say they're banning people, then they immediately say who's not banned. And in every case, it's if you make a refugee application, you're not banned. They're banning people except for when they're not banning people. They're not banning people. Oh, and they passed another order in council yesterday, too. Look at this one. This is Order 184. 
It specifically gives three cabinet ministers the power to simply let anyone in that they want to. Non-application. Section 2 does not apply to K, a person whose presence in Canada, in the opinion of the Minister of Foreign Affairs, the Minister of Citizenship and Immigration, or the Minister of Public Safety and Emergency Preparedness, is in the national interest. So these three cabinet ministers can just let in anyone they want to if they say it's in the national interest, even if they're carrying the virus. Of course, they're just simply going to follow the Liberal Party's interest, even if they let in someone who's sick. Now, because there has been no debate about this, no committee hearings, no journalism from the media party about it, and nothing from the moribund Conservative Party of Canada that I've seen. Correct me if I'm wrong on that. I hope I am wrong. I don't think I am. I thought, well, maybe I've misunderstood this legalese. But I don't think so. Here's how the government clerks themselves summarize these two orders. Uh, Order 184, that, that was the, uh, the one about the three cabinet ministers who can let anyone in. Here's how the government itself summarizes this order. It's an order to, quote, broaden the list of foreign nationals who are permitted entry to Canada by any mode of travel. So I don't think I got it wrong. And here's Order 185. It's summarized by the government as an order to broaden the scope of persons who are not prohibited from entering Canada. So yeah, it's just how it looks. Trudeau said he banned foreigners from coming to Canada if they're sick. Yes, he did say that. And then a day later, he unbanned them if they just claim to be refugees. Or if one of his three ministers just picks and chooses and lets them in because it's somehow in our national interest to let in foreigners with the virus. You saw the law. It said if you have a fever and a cough or a fever and, and breathing issues, um, just say you're a refugee and you get right in. Hey, quick question. Did you see this news on the CBC? I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Stay with us for more. In, uh, global news. Agriculture groups and others are urging your government to drop the plan to increase the carbon tax as of April 1st. Is that something you're considering? Um, we know uh, that it is important that we put more money in the pockets of Canadians uh, at this point when they're stressed. Uh, our pr plan on pricing pollution, pollution puts more money up front into people's pockets uh, than they would pay uh, with the new price on pollution. We're going to continue to focus on putting more money in people's pockets to support them right across the country. Uh, we know that this is an important measure uh, for, uh, for, for the future, uh, and we're going to continue uh, to ensure that we are uh, thinking about the future while at the same time we ensure uh, that people can afford uh, uh, to make it through this crisis uh, in the best possible way. So yes or no? On carbon tax, will it go up next week? We continue, um, we continue to make sure that people have more money in their pockets because that is how we designed the price on pollution. He can't answer a simple question. Right now, the government is scheduled to hike the carbon tax by 50% on April Fool's Day. What's the point of that? The economy is on its back those Canadians who are still working are probably in the distribution industries, 
keeping houses warm in those parts of the country where it's still cold, you need natural gas for everything. Oil, gas, jet fuel, as if airlines aren't on their back already. Raising the carbon tax on airlines right now. Raising the carbon tax on anyone right now. This is to raise a tax when you're giving away tens of billions of dollars in stimulus and relief. The only way it makes sense is if you literally think that global warming is a graver threat than the twin threats of the virus and the Great Recession that's upon us. Joining us now via Skype from Edmonton to talk about this is our friend Sheila Gunn-Reed. Hi, Sheila. Nice to see you again. Hey, Ezra. Thanks for having me on the show. He just can't answer a straight question. Will you scrap, cancel, delay, postpone, abandon, rethink? Would you even consider rethinking raising the carbon tax? He won't answer it. Yeah, that sounds like there's two reporters there trying to get themselves banned from press conferences for asking questions people actually want answers to. Um, yeah, the carbon tax is scheduled to go up by 50%. So right now it's sitting at $20 a ton. It's supposed to go up to $30 a ton on April Fool's Day. So uh, under a week from now, a million people, those are a million breadwinners that have lost jobs, have applied for EI relief in the last week or so. And yet Justin Trudeau's big plan to fix all of this in the midst of the worst recession, the worst depression, I would say, since the 1930s is to actually make the price of bread more expensive. It is really appalling when you think that um, in Alberta right now, according to the CFIB, so the Canadian Federation of Independent Business, they polled some businesses and they say that half of businesses, one half of businesses are either going to close or partially close already or will do in the very near future. And yet Justin Trudeau is raising the tax on literally everything from food to transportation to home heating electricity. I mean, everybody's holed up in their houses. You're using a lot of electricity. Justin Trudeau is finding a way to make life more expensive for everybody. Yeah. I just, I mean, when you're spending, I don't know what the latest number is, 50, 80, $100 billion to put money in people's pockets. If you're so desperate, if the country is in such a calamity, but you, for ideological reasons and stubbornness, because you don't want to show anyone that you'll ever admit you were wrong to proceed with it. It doesn't even make sense financially. It doesn't make sense in any way to spend 80 billion and then jack up a tax by a billion. Why are you even doing it then? Uh, it's well, that he yeah. can't blink because he can't ever admit he's wrong. I don't even think he understands what he's talking about. When he said to that reporter, we're putting more money in people's pockets. How? By making everything more expensive? That's actually taking money out of people's pockets, I guess, when you never had to be responsible with money before. Sure, every a price on pollution sounds fancy, but that's not actually how taxes in this country work. And moreover, to your point about how this is completely ideologically driven, let's concede that fact. Isn't this exactly what the Liberals wanted? Nobody's working, nobody's traveling, um, everybody's holed up at home. This is exactly what they said they wanted for Canada, a complete decarbonization of the economy. Okay, great. We've achieved what they wanted. So pump the brakes on the carbon tax 
because there's really nothing to tax right now, according to them. But yet still they proceed because being green is more important than fighting this virus. Yeah. You know, as I said the other day, uh, Greta Thunberg is out of the news mm -hmm. um, because that was just that was a luxurious show and tell. That was a luxurious yeah. entertainment. No one actually meant it. We're all so rich we could pretend we we felt like it was a luxurious problem to have because it didn't actually mean anything. Well, this is a real problem. I think this virus is a real problem. Certainly people are acting like it's a real problem, shutting yeah. down the whole economy. Um, two things are happening. First of all, we're realizing that shutting down economies, phasing out economies is not fun, easy or happy, despite uh, leftist activists saying, oh, we'll just phase it out. We'll have a transition. So it's a disastrous, painful time. But second of all, it's a reminder that no one actually believes the global warming claptrap because if they did, they would be doing the things that we're doing now, quarantining, shutting things down, no flights, no buses, no nothing. Uh, that's how you react to a true crisis, or maybe it's not even a real crisis, but that's how you, that's a crisis response. No one in the world actually lived like the Greta Thunberg Justin Trudeau, Catherine McKenna crisis was real. No one stopped flying because of global warming. No one stopped industries because of global warming because no one actually ever believed it. Trudeau wants to say, no, 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 I believe it by jacking up his tax. That's what's going on here. Well, yeah, everything we're doing right now is exactly what they wanted us to do to fight global warming. They said it was a climate emergency. That's what they told us. That's what they declared in the House of Commons. It's a climate emergency. And so it is, you know, in the interest of human health to shut down the economy. They said that was the case with climate change. Now we're actually doing it because of a deadly virus that's spreading around the world. Um, it's funny that you know, it took real like this is a real emergency or or so people are saying it's a real actual emergency. Hospitals are overwhelmed. People are dying. Now the economy is shutting down. Um, but this is what they always wanted for us. This is what they wanted for Alberta. They wanted to phase us out and transition, like you say, into something completely new except there's not something new for us. There's a few jobs like mine where I can telecommute, but for the vast majority of people, at least a million people last week, there's nothing to transition to. Yeah. Um, and it, that's just how it is. And we're in a real crisis. We need jobs. We need tax relief. And our prime minister's solution to it is a price on pollution. Yeah. So he said. smirk while he answered those questions. Yeah. Because he knew it wasn't a real answer. It was an insult. That's why he was smiling. He was saying the old message track that he's been giving for years. Yeah. And the smile in his eye was his way of saying, you think you got me. You don't. I'm just going to brazen it out. Um, you know, Sheila, a few years ago, uh, 2016, I think it was, it looked like the conservatives were going to embrace the carbon tax. Patrick Brown, the conservative leader in Ontario, certainly did. Um, even Preston Manning was proposing it, something that continues to boggle my mind. Uh, fake conservative think tanks proposed it. Um, you even saw, well, it was quite widespread. And I credit, in part, our grassroots campaign called StopTheCarbonTax.com, we had thousands of lawn signs we distributed. 
We had anti-carbon tax rallies in Calgary and Edmonton that had thousands of people. And we proved that the conservative base didn't support the carbon tax, even if red Tories like Preston Manning and Patrick Brown did. And I think we gave courage to conservatives like Brad Wall, Scott Moe, Jason Kenney, and later on Doug Ford, to fight back by showing, by proving you could have 1,000, 2,000, 3,000 people coming to an anti-carbon tax rally. I credit our StopTheCarbonTax.com campaign, including our lawn signs four years ago for helping to put the brakes on the conservative carbon taxers and to help spur the legal challenge to the carbon tax. And we're dusting off that campaign again. Why don't you tell us about it? Because you launched it yesterday. Sure. Yeah. And, and you know, as you were talking about um, the 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 conservatives who embraced it. I mean, it was in their leadership that they had conservatives who were embracing it, like Michael Chong when he was running for the leadership of the Conservative Party. I mean, it was a mainstream idea about 50-50 split that conservatives supported some sort of carbon taxation. And our grassroots pushback actually emboldened conservatives to specifically campaign on axing the tax like Doug Ford did. Yeah. And building on Kean's success with his closetheborder.ca, where he got Trudeau to at least publicly announce, although we have some information now that maybe that's not quite exactly what's happening at Roxham Road, but it, I think it was our grassroots pressure campaign mm -hmm. um, that got some international pickup um, that forced Trudeau to publicly say that he would be cracking down on illegal migration at Roxham Road. So I'm trying to build on that. I'm reigniting the Stop the Carbon Tax campaign. And maybe we can get Trudeau to once again react to some of the pressure from regular Canadians. And I think this is going to be something that people will support across the board, because I don't think it is a partisan thing to be against raising taxes in the middle of a depression. Um, I think that people just need to keep more of their own money and the things that they need to survive right now shouldn't cost more come April 1st. So we have a Stop the Carbon Tax campaign. You can go to stopthecarbontax.com or .ca and sign my petition. Uh, I'm not quite sure what it was at, but I think it was somewhere around 10,000 signatures this morning. I'd love to see that double. Yeah, I mean, just uh, in the last two hours, it's gone up to 1,192, sorry, 11,000 902, excuse me. Uh, and I think that by tonight, it's quite possible to hit 15,000. I'd like to get, you know, our goal there is 25,000. I think yeah. we can even go higher. When people see that tax come in, they will be furious. They will be yeah. shocked. And most of all, they will be thinking, what? They'll be saying, what on earth? What is going on? Why is this hobby? You know, there's two things that Justin Trudeau, three things that he'll do anything for. There's only three things he cares about. The first, obviously, is marijuana legalization. The second <laughs> is open borders. He just won't close them. And the third is his carbon tax. Those are the three essential things to know about Trudeau. He doesn't really care about anything else. And we have to stare him down and make him blink on jacking up the carbon tax. 
We have to. I mean, Canadians cannot afford this right now. And I think Justin Trudeau is hoping that his hike in the carbon tax is going to be lost in the coronavirus bailout news, in the coronavirus death count news, in the coronavirus infection news. The coronavirus is actually providing great cover for just how horrible Justin Trudeau and how cruel, how cruelly he's treating Canadian families right now. Yeah. Well, I'd like to encourage everyone to go to stopthecarbontax.com. This is what you'll see there right now, 11,902 signatures. And uh, let's see if we can get that up to 15,000 by tonight. I bet we can. And uh, maybe we should dust off those old uh, lawn signs again. Those were a big hit. I think, I think it's something we should do. I don't know how we would distribute them in the age of the virus, but we'll figure it away. Sheila, it's great to see you. Keep up the fight. Keep up the fight. I I will. Thank you. All right. There's our friend Sheila Gunn-Reed, our chief reporter from Northern Alberta. Stay with us. More Head on Rebel. Hey, welcome back on my monologue yesterday about essential businesses that will stay open during the Chinese virus pandemic. Steve writes, here at Work Cleaning, nice to know the job I do is important to all keep safe. Yeah, isn't it funny who really counts when things hit the fan? People who know how to do basic stuff, the stuff of life, not the gender studies professors. Rajpreet writes, sanitation staff are vital. They probably save more lives than doctors, truthfully. Well, it's interesting you say that because the number one advice from doctors is wash your hands. And I think they mean it. That and put on a mask, that's the number one piece of advice. Um, and, and when I see the World Health Organization telling people not to wear masks, I think, why are you, why are you spreading disinformation like that? On my interview with Ben Weingarten, Brian writes, wow, how can we clone this guy for the conservative leadership? Well, first of all, he's an American. But yeah, I agree with you. He's really strong. He's so strong on Ilhan Omar. Obviously, he wrote the authoritative book on her. But he's very smart on this virus. I, I like him. Uh, that's the second time I've interviewed him, and I hope he'll be a regular, maybe once a month. Well, that's our shows for this week. Very busy week. I think we've done some important journalism, if I may say so. I think Kean and David have great work down at Roxham Road. I think they're partly responsible for Trudeau's decision to close that loophole, although now it looks like he's reopened it. Uh, thank you for your support if you helped us with our helprebelnews.com crowdfunding campaign. That's going well. Thank you very much for that. Sheila Gunn-Reed started her new petition for StopTheCarbonTax.com. Hope you sign that too. That's it for today. We'll have more videos over the weekend, and I'll be back on Monday. Until then, on behalf of all of us here at Rebel World Headquarters to you at home, stay healthy and keep fighting for freedom.